0: Big Ideas in Cannabis Technology and Innovation, a show about the technology pioneers of the cannabis industry, the platforms they are building, and the entrepreneurs they are enabling. It's challenging for cannabis brands to efficiently connect with dispensaries. This is especially true for smaller and startup brands with limited resources to spend on the traditional sales and fulfillment process. Getting the brand message and product benefits to Soar Associates can make or break a product's and potentially a brand success. In turn, brands getting product feedback is traditionally rare and anecdotal at best. Since launching in 2016, LeafLink has helped thousands of cannabis brands and thousands of cannabis retailers save time on wholesale ordering so they can focus on what matters most for their business. As the largest online marketplace for wholesale cannabis, LeafLink provides a suite of products including CRM, ordering, reporting, fulfillment, and shipping management. I'm your host, Brian Weber. On this episode, we're welcoming Zach Silverman, co-founder and CTO of LeafLink. Prior to co-founding LeafLink, Zach was the technical co-founder at ReachLogic, which was acquired in 2014. He brings 10 years of software engineering experience at leading tech companies, including eBay and LimeWire, to LeafLink as chief technology officer. Leaflink. The cannabis industry's wholesale marketplace has raised 51 million in investor capital. The platform went live in Colorado in March, 2016, and now has more than 4,000 retailers placing orders from over 1,300 brands across 25 territories. In February, 2018, LeafLink was the first company in the cannabis space to make Fast Company's list of top 10 most innovative companies in enterprise. The following episode was originally recorded on Friday, May 10th, 2019. Zach, thanks for joining the podcast today. Happy to be here. Uh, dear offices, thanks for inviting me up here. Appreciate it. Um, how long you guys have been in New York for your headquarters here?
1: So Ryan and I have grown up, well, Ryan grew up in New York. I've been living here after college, uh, and so we've really founded the company here in New York, built out a team early in Denver, and so we've always had roots here uh, specifically.
0: Cool. Well, as a Jersey City resident, I love when there are great cannabis companies popping up here in New York and also in this area, so...
1: That was, well, that was one of the reasons we uh, initially situated ourselves here is because we knew short-term there wasn't much to be done, but long-term uh, there were a ton of resources that were available in terms of talent, in terms of money, in terms of just general business um, and entrepreneurship. And so happy to have... Uh, what we now have is uh, ourselves situated on the East Coast with our office that we're here today in, and then we also have a growing team out in LA, a uh, couple couple smaller teams throughout the country, but really starting to solidify headquarters on both
0: coasts. Fantastic, fantastic. So before we get into to Leaflink in a little bit more detail, give us a little bit of background on yourself. How did you end up becoming CTO of Leaflink?
1: studied electrical engineering after college, moved to Manhattan, uh, knew that I always wanted to be in between business and technology, spent a few years doing business intelligence, data architecting for a consulting firm. The startup scene was really starting to grow in Manhattan. Uh, I transitioned into that scene. I worked for LimeWire back when that was all the rage. I remember
0: uh, that. When was that? In like the, uh, the early 2000s, 90s? Uh,
1: definitely early 2000. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, 2008, eight, nine, maybe something like yep. that. Um, And then after that, just continued on the entrepreneurship route, worked at a couple other startups, ended up starting an ad tech company with two other co-founders from AppNexus. That company was acquired, then moved on to eBay, where I was a product manager for some of their API strategies. And that's when Ryan and I connected and really started to think about uh, what we could possibly do together, given both of our backgrounds. Um, And he had mentioned the cannabis industry, and we really got to speaking about potential opportunities there.
0: Cool. Uh, How did, actually, did you guys meet? Were you guys both working at eBay together or just...?
1: Ryan went to Colgate University. Mm -hmm. I had spent some time doing some contract uh, freelance work, building out a platform for an entrepreneurship program that takes place at at, uh, Colgate for the students and the mentors slash alumni there. Um, And then through uh, a mutual network we had met, knew that we wanted to work together in some capacity. The timing wasn't quite right. He was finishing up some post-acquisition work with a previous company he founded. I was in a similar boat. Uh, We came full circle, sat down in Grand Central uh, Terminal over a cup of coffee. He mentioned the cannabis industry. I had been thinking through this idea of a B2B marketplace for a while thought it made a lot of sense for a new, undefined supply chain. We started chipping away at that problem, started to um, really travel, get to know people in the industry, and identified that there really was a lot of room for this concept of virtualizing much of the order process. And then from there, revealed a couple of other opportunities for us to move in on.
0: Excellent. So this wasn't something that you had any periphery to. You were looking for big problems that needed solving and what industries those might be in, and you went out and sought that out. Yeah, but Ryan has a deep appreciation
1: for marketplaces. I've been thinking through what a B2B marketplace would mean for a supply chain, it's just really hard to situate in something that's already established. A lot of industries are trying to do it. There's a couple similar analogs um, in the liquor industry doing what we're doing, but you're looking at tearing down decade-old processes. Uh, You're looking at um, people's career paths that are really focused on um, selling, Uh, and so that's a really hard way to situate a new idea versus Cannabis. Where every day we're learning something new. The whole industry is a startup, and uh, a lot of a lot of what excited us about the idea was being able to define versus disrupt, and that was super interesting from an entrepreneur standpoint.
0: Yeah, I can imagine uh, you're getting a lot of pushback of people's jobs you might be taking taking away, and uh, from those old processes that are in existing industries.
1: Yeah, and and now we've situated to really empower people's uh, jobs, right? We're going out there and all the sales reps now have a CRM to put all their tracking and activity into. They have access to understanding what retailers haven't ordered for a while, uh, they have access to know what products uh, retailers have ordered recently or haven't ordered recently. Um, and it's, it's just a much easier slate to start with when it's like square one for an industry. Yeah,
0: and there's so much disruption that's going on right now. So um, what are some of the skills that you took from previous positions and previous opportunities into here that you find most? Uh, what are your most valuable transition skills coming into 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 this industry and, and with LeafLink?
1: Well, I started my career out doing business intelligence. And so right away, I was looking at how does how, how are businesses running on data? Um, and from there, I moved into the more entrepreneurial landscape of how are you looking to build a business uh, in a scrappy way? And then wrapping up, um, most recently before LeafLink at eBay, which is obviously an amazing place to be if you want to do anything within commerce, anything within marketing. And so when you combine all of those, Um, experiences with just the natural drive on the entrepreneurial side, a natural drive to be interested in technology ever since I was quite young. uh, They come together to really make sense uh, uh, to build a commerce experience for something that's new to the world, meaning the cannabis industry.
0: Very interesting. How did you, when you were doing your, I want to call it a road tow or a road show uh, around speaking with people, how receptive were those companies in in speaking with you or people in that place, how did you get meetings of like, hey, what are your kind of problems that are are here that we can discuss?
1: It was a little bit from column A, a little bit from column B, meaning certainly it piqued some people's interest and some people were happy to continue doing what they were doing. But the reality was a a problem was very clear to both Ryan and I. We sat down at a very large um, manufacturer in the state of Colorado and watched and observed their processes over the course of a couple trips out there. Uh, there was paper flying around, there was miscommunication, there was no idea of what was selling, what wasn't selling, uh, there were a lot of phone calls being had, there was a lot of phone tags uh, going on, everything between the retailer and the sales reps interactions, to the sales reps, to the fulfillment interactions, to fulfillment to shipping it was very clear that there was room to bring in technology. And although some of that technology wasn't new at face value, meaning the concept of a CRM or business intelligence tools, mapping it into the cannabis domain uh, was something that was very interesting and a unique problem for us to, to look at and solve. And it's left us with a really nice product That has been curated by looking at what I consider the most mature state from a supply chain standpoint, the state of Colorado, and really baking up our technology, uh, given our observations there and uh, the companies that we had worked
0: with. So starting with a relatively mature, I mean, for this day and age in the cannabis industry, starting with a relatively mature example of what an industry would look like a few years down the line, seeing those current issues and then designing the system to, to meet those future ones already for earlier states that have not come online yet. Exactly. Excellent, excellent. Um, so how did you ramp up your personal knowledge within the cannabis industry? Like, how did that, like, this is a whole new industry. Like, how do you dive in? Like, how do you, yeah, I mean, wh- how do you s- ramp up your... It's certainly
1: something you can't yeah. uh, study in undergrad, at least at least when I was uh, going to college. yeah, um, I did what everyone else did, right? You yeah. kind of take the leap of faith. Uh, you dive in. You understand the problem sets. Again, some of it feels familiar because it's classic uh, small to medium uh, business problems. It's classic. How do we get to an enterprise level? Things that I've seen in consulting before. Um, and taking what I knew to jumpstart what I didn't know about the cannabis industry um, and really just observe, observe, observe. Uh, where we're at today is we really count on our team, right? Our team has such great access to what's going on in this industry, and I'm, I learn everything, I learn things. Day by day, right? Mm-hmm. I'll go check my email after this interview, and sure enough, there'll be probably three or four things that are new to me. Yeah. Um, but leveraging our team, leveraging how close our relationships are with our customer base, which we know is imperative, because everyone in this industry is learning.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a lot, and maybe some podcasts too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah, of course, podcast, <laughs> of course, sure, of course, in sure. podcast. Um, so I know we jumped into this, and obviously in the intro, I. We did a uh, overview on this, but in in the very core essence, from a high level, Leaflink, you guys are a wholesale B2B marketplace where producers and um, and retailers can can connect. Is that it? Is there anything else that you want to expand upon there? Like what else besides a basic B2B platform are you guys are you guys in right now?
1: So Leaflink is at its heart a commerce platform connecting all the retailers in the regulated cannabis industry to the buyers. Uh, which are primarily brands, manufacturers, and distributors, and allowing them to place all their wholesale order needs online through our e-commerce technology. Along the way, we realized there was an opportunity to wrap a couple of other enterprise tools underneath the marketplace. So now what we offer to the sell side of our platform is a CRM for managing their customer relationships. We have a business intelligence platform that offers reporting. Uh, And then finally, we have workflow automation tools that allow Um, in order once it comes through to not only be dealt with by your sales rep, but to move that along from shipping uh, to, uh, to, sorry, to fulfillment and then to shipping. Uh, That's the core of our platform as it currently stands today. Mm -hmm. Uh, With such a large and growing network, we know that there's opportunities to continue to stabilize this industry by rolling out other features. Uh, One thing that we're really excited about now is cracking uh, what we know will be a long-term problem around supply chain financing invoice factoring and we've put together just an amazing team uh, to build out a financial product that we can offer up to this industry to start making sense around how accounts receivable uh, receivables will work to alleviate some of the cash flow problems that you see with wholesale orders that are on uh, net terms from a high level um, we we know that this is a long-term problem it's obviously severely compounded by the lack of banking and just the to that that same old fact that the startup industry everyone's hustling 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 there's a lot of problems to be solved um, dr- I don't want to driving,
0: re- driving bags of cash around is, 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 one, exactly. is one less problem people don't need to have exactly
1: and that's not really at the heart of what we're solving versus these long term every supply chain is going to face this kind of issue and being mm-hmm. able to look at our customer base look at who's trusted look who's doing good business and help them continue to build out their operations and scale. All of this is very much in line with our mission here at LeafLink, which is to help uh, regulated cannabis companies do business. And so right now we do that through our commerce solution. We do that through our SaaS tools, or enterprise tools. Uh, we want to continue that value chain through uh, financial products. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that we're in the process of piloting right now. Uh, in the state of California, we're going to roll it out to a couple of other uh, states, uh, but uh, much more to come on that front.
0: Excellent, excellent. Well, maybe we'll touch base in about a year and see where things are going. There will
1: will (laughs) definitely be progress on that front.
0: Excellent, excellent, I like that. Um, So what is your typical um, onboarding process for new customers, both on the buy side and the sell side?
1: Sure, on the buy side, pretty simple. Uh, Go over to leaflink.com, click sign up, tell us that you're a buyer, pop in your license number, your street address, who you are. We'll verify that information against state data. Uh, we'll also reach out to you if we have any concerns or ambiguity. Uh, we'll ask you for your state license. Uh, we'll then approve you. Most of that happens in less than just a few hours. Then you're on board and you're shopping on LeafLink uh, and connected to what could be up to a couple hundred brands and manufacturers, depending on what state you're on, uh, are in. Uh, on the sell side, it's obviously a little bit more involved because we have a lot more features there. Uh, you're also paying on the sell side uh, to be a member of the platform. Uh, what will happen there is you'll work with the sales rep Mm -hmm. Uh, they'll get you into a comfortable spot where you see the value we're bringing. You'll sign up. Then we'll connect you to a customer experience, representative that'll get you situated in terms of taking your CRM data, getting that organized, getting you, um, acquainted with the platform through training and then ultimately getting your SKUs and products set up configured. Uh, and then finally we'll flip you live and connect you into the network of buyers that are out there excited to see your products.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Is that pricing model like a flat fee or is that a percentage of sales or how does that work?
1: We take a flat fee model. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, we're charging our sell side to join. Mm-hmm. Um, we have it's uh, we have a promo code I think we're going to work yeah. with for you it, guys. It's uh,
0: lit, lit up, L-I-T-U-P, and that would be a free month uh, on the platform.
1: Yep. Uh, so it's primarily, well, it is a SaaS-based model where you're paying monthly. Mm-hmm. We then charge a little bit more if you want to add additional brands, and most, most companies do as they continue to grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from a take rate side, we're not really interested in... Um, nickel and diming in terms of charging per transaction, we're much more interested in the LeafLink financial product, which has inherent value of solving a cash flow issue and relieving you of net payment terms. Um, and we think that's a much more justifiable way to kind of back into what's equivalent to a take rate, but really a product in its own right for you to consider.
0: I remember during uh, Ryan's interview that you had really discussed the, the three-man customers, that you have large well-known brands that are looking to expand whenever a new territory comes online, uh, intermediate brands that are maybe have a few products that have hit that are up and coming and looking to distribute further, uh, and then new companies that are really coming online. Um, are there specific products that you have or services that you have to help those different, uh, those different kind of customers along the way?
1: I wouldn't say we've differentiated in any critical way in terms of the size of your company. Obviously, larger companies that are using us, some some, some larger brands are using us in, a, in four to five states. There is a deeper relationship there. But mm-hmm. that's not to say we alienate people that are on the smaller side. It's, it's pretty much an equal playing field, which is always the value of a marketplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can hop in. And yep. your products are right next to your competitors. Uh, if you're really excited and you have a new brand and you're looking to launch it, you can take advantage of our ad sales. Uh, that's a great way to get up and uh, up and on top of some of the search results and just being more visible with retailers who may not have seen your product
0: yet. And one thing that struck me during that other interview, let's keep referencing it, uh, but thank you, Matt. You did a great job. Is you guys have a product that allows, if you are a producer, that you could send a sample kit out to a dispensary. And it's not just lost into thin air of who, who is this going to, who's reviewing this there's a contact there. They know, you know who they are, uh, and they could respond to you about feedback with that. So you actually get something for your time, uh, and, and product and information out there.
1: Yeah. I think that's actually, for me, coming from a product management background and thinking a lot about product that to me is one of the interesting, uh, experiments that we really go through on a day to day basis here at Leaflink is thinking about commerce, but thinking about it in terms of a business doing, uh, well, business with another yeah. business. And so all of these interesting opportunities start to arise in terms of how sales are actually done, how business development is actually formed. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that popped out early on is that most people aren't willing to just buy a brand and spend $50,000 with yeah. them. Most of that sales cycle starts with sample requests. And and we found a way to take that offline experience and include that as part of your day-to-day purchasing experience by LeafLink where if you're a retailer and you've never tried a brand, shoot them a little request, uh, then that brand gets to track that sample request and fulfill it and make sure that you're getting the product, getting the feedback for how it went with that product and hopefully converting that potential retailer into a customer that could then order on a much larger scale through LeafLink.
0: Yeah, and as a producer, you can also draw off the buttender's knowledge of what's out there in the other space, because as a producer, you might be seeing your competitors, but not in a detail level that those are. So I think that's a great win-win for everybody.
1: Yeah, and we'd actually like to formalize the experience you just talked to, and really, I think, uh, be very focused on always having the brands close to the retailer, and at some point, even close to the customer, Right. Where does their product currently stand in the market? What is the feedback? What's the reception? What's, what? How are people receiving uh, potential new product lines? What's missing in the market? Mm-hmm. Um, and really helping the industry uh, grow as a result of leveraging data and communication through it's our v- platform. It's a very
0: smart feedback cycle with that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I do have some more technical questions since I'm sitting with a chief technology officer here. Um, so you and Ryan were sitting down in... Transcentral Terminal, drinking some coffee, and there's a white piece of paper in front of you, and you're like, "Okay, well, we got to start figuring out our architecture for this." Um, and back then, you maybe not being able to throw it up on Amazon or some other cloud services. What were some? What were those some of the initial day architecture challenges that you were thinking of, and how to design a system from scratch?
1: Well, out of the gate, we were looking to put piece together commerce. We knew that that was somewhere in the picture. Uh, there's always the opportunities of do we use something that's already out there? Or do we use a system that's that's already available and kind of cobble together what we need for experience? But it became very clear very early on that if we were gonna pull this off, that not even like an e-commerce open source framework was gonna do. Like uh, get a Magento and exactly. see if
0: you can tie it together. And, and exactly. get that card. yeah,
1: okay. The reasons being is it's uh, B2B, uh, which really means that it's a double-sided marketplace. Most of the other options that were out there that would kind of give you that jump start uh, really only consider multiple people on one side of the market, primarily the buyers. Right? Yeah. I have many buyers, but hey, I got a store. I'm selling sunglasses. Uh, this this solution will work. We knew that both sides had um, multiple players. And that we needed to connect, which is probably going to mean something proprietary that we need to build. And then when you consider the opportunities around the SaaS tools, the CRM, the business intelligence tools, now you're really looking at something that you're just not going to find out of the box. Yep. Uh, so we got to work on uh, building out what we've now built, which is a customized um a Python application built mm-hmm. out of the a Django framework for building web uh, for building web applications.
0: Excellent and I know you guys are going through um, a transition now from to a v2 architecture. Can you kind of go over some of the things that are limiting on your your current architecture and what you're looking to get with those on, on a future one.
1: Yeah, I'm proud to say there's nothing limited on our current architecture. But what's inevitable is there will be limitations. There will be walls. As a, as a team continues to grow, as opportunities continue to present themselves, teams are going to need to work very independently on new concepts. Some are going to be more stable than others. That's going to require us to break out of what's called a monolithic Um, paradigm, meaning like one big code base um, doing everything, Mm -hmm. and into an infrastructure, into an ecosystem uh, that's really meant to be built upon. Um, And apps can be more uh, deployable, they can be worked on independently, they can ask for certain data, they can get certain data. That's what we're in the process of building out while, we, while we're not against that wall. Gotcha. So we're kind of ahead of the game and knowing here's the wall that is somewhere out there in 18 mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. Let's start to avoid it and make some turns right now.
0: Very smart move. And also, you know, we discussed uh, before the interview that uh, this change is going to allow you to more actively deploy new products and see where things are going differently versus the monolithic structure. Do you want to speak to any of those? Any of the changes coming? Yeah, yeah. Like any, like some of the, some of the, like a core tangible benefit. Like, what is something that's coming up that you, you're really looking forward to?
1: Sure. So scaling out Leafling Financial, all the technology that's becoming a part of that, we don't want that to be hanging out in left field. Uh, we want that to be able to leverage th- what's happening in the in the marketplace, and in reverse, we want the marketplace to be able to leverage what's happening in the Leafling Financial world, being able to easily uh, mark orders um, for this program and making sure that they're eligible in this program, building out a whole bunch of internal tools to make sure that we're doing what we need to serve this industry in terms of tracking our KPIs, approving things quicker, monitoring things quicker, ensuring compliance. So all of these little concepts, don't have the single stream of work and can really be done in parallel. Yeah. I mean, you're, that's that's you're, really exciting. You'll have me.
0: release dates all over, the, all over the calendar for those items and, and testing as well.
1: Yeah, and ideally, we're not situating ourselves where one release date is so contingent on the next one, right? Everything is kind of mm-hmm. where it needs to be and can operate and can be pushed out as needed.
0: From a technology side, um, how do you, as a company, um, focus on... These are products that we need to build. These are things that we want to focus on. Do you have a form for your customers? Do you follow within the industry? Like, how do you determine what is next up? What is priority?
1: Yeah, uh, that is definitely the biggest thing from the product and engineering side that we ha- have to be very, very Efficient with Mm -hmm. this industry as we were talking about earlier learns something new every day. There's a product recall here a new state is going online Uh, There's new compliance regulations. Uh, This company is no longer in business. There's different licensing structure in the state of Pennsylvania That's probably what's in my inbox right now when I go to check (laughs) it Like very equivalent things And so what we've done is we've taken our product and engineering team and we've started to break those out into individual pods so smaller leaner teams that are capable to be more reactive. Okay. And what is a part of that mix is not just the, pro- the engineering side, but also a product manager uh, that's associated with certain themes that we're seeing develop, whether it's e-commerce or whether it's compliance or whether it's programmatic and API. Um, And then the next layers up are really all the channels of information that flow to those product managers. Uh, We have customer experience. They're working hand-in-hand with our customers and learning all kinds of good things. We want to make sure that flows into product management. Mm -hmm. We have sales that are learning about all the things that are new in the industry or that other people are considering and making sure those flow into product management. And then lastly, we have ourselves internally. What do we need to build to be an efficient operation, to be an efficient organization? That flows into product management and then really doing a very critical job day by day of figuring out what are our priorities, what are the biggest bangs for our buck, and like where are we putting our efforts to make sure we're getting the best blend of, of, of distributing value to all of these people that are relying on us.
0: That is a lot to manage. That's a lot of balls in there.
1: It, it really <laughs> is. It really is. Fortunately, you know the team is growing. It's a it's a great team. We've had a lot of smart people that are making that problem mm-hmm. easier and easier every day, and giving us outlets to cover more and more ground. And that's something we're going to continue to invest in.
0: Excellent. Yeah, I know you guys had a few rounds of funding recently, so it allows you to bring on the, the right people. At least have the resources to bring on the right people for those for, for that growth that you guys are coming into right now. Um, well curious on that related to some of those partners um are there any integration partners that you have with currently because you're obviously dealing from a supply side Um, the producers, and then also from a sell side, a number of uh, inventory management, POS-type systems. Um, Do you guys have an open API right now? Do you have any uh, current um, integrations with any of the more um, popular systems that are out there?
1: We don't have any formal partnerships, Mm -hmm. but we certainly have integrations. Um, Right now, we integrate with Metric. We integrate integrate with QuickBooks Online. Um, If you're looking to integrate with something arbitrary, we have our API. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have a RESTful API Uh, That's available to anyone who wants to leverage that. Uh, We also have webhooks to, in real time, notify other systems of what's happening. Really good use case for that is people uh, will wire up the webhooks so that as orders come through, those will get transferred immediately over to their arbitrary uh, ERP system. Yep. Uh, we're also in the process right now of building out a professional services or uh, a professional services team. Mm-hmm. And they'll work closely with clients that are looking to take their IT strategy uh, serious and really figuring out what's the closest way to get Leaflink to some of our other infrastructure and doing a much, much deeper deeper dive. Uh, I- integration of, of of building out their IT strategy with us.
0: Okay. So for right now, if I am a dispensary owner and I purchase some items from some of the the vendors in, in my state, Uh, Those items come in, Um, what does that look like for me importing those into into my system? Is it spreadsheets? Is it like a a CSV sheet that comes out that we can then import into our current system?
1: Most of the programmatic efforts have gone on on the sell side. There's Mm -hmm. just a lot more technology at play as these small to medium brands are growing and becoming more sophisticated. On the retailer side, uh, when orders come through, it's a lot of manual entry of their PAR levels and where they're currently at into their point-of-sale system. Mm -hmm. What we're doing actually this quarter is building out a prototype of of point-of-sales integrations. And what we're focused on there is being able to pull in data um, that we can observe about your retail shop and being able to map that against what you need to purchase next and starting to help... Uh, provide insight and automation on um, uh, r- purchasing and upping your power levels and refreshing inventory within
0: the store So uh, some s- kind of smarts in it as well, if you forgive me for using the word smarts, um, that you're going to be able to see what is moving in their system and then maybe preemptively ordering items in advance and, and seeing those analytics and maybe uh, help help them smartly uh, engineer their, their order management.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Doing what we always do,
1: right? Saving time, mm-hmm. making your purchasing more insightful and more time Family, uh, so that you can focus on what you want to focus on, which is selling those products to the end consumer.
0: That's fantastic. I really like that stuff. Um, so you guys are, have a lot of data that you guys have that comes through the system. Um, how are you using that besides... Doing transferring purchase orders? Like what else are you guys trying to, to collect and deep dive in, the, in that data?
1: Yeah, the first the first thing is always how do we use it to better our internal operations? Like what's happening? Where do we need to be? Uh, how are product categories expanding? Are people looking to move into new states? Uh, what's trending well? What's not trending well? I'm mm-hmm. um, helping that to guide product making decisions, uh, strategic efforts on sales. Uh, the next the next level up from that is really figuring out what can we serve back to the people who have are participating are participating in this data, yep. um, and leveraging it in a way so that they can make better decisions around the retail shop, better decisions around what to manufacture next. We re- recently released a couple white papers. We had a lot of great feedback on. Um, some white, uh, white paper released around product pricing. We'd okay. like to continue to expand that for the industry to give them insight on where they should be heading with their businesses. So,
0: uh, not to interrupt you there, but like, are you advising people that are on your platform from the sell side of like we're seeing pricing per per unit in, in this range for these kind of products?
1: It's incredible how mature our customer experience has become. It's it's gone from. Um, really being just a small team focused on onboarding to now being able to interact with the customers that they're, they, they work with and have been decided to based off a geographic um, allocation and answer some of those deeper questions. Hey, like, mm-hmm. hey, hey, CX, I'm uh, we're thinking about going live in Oregon, but we have no idea what our concentrate prices should be. Some of our CX people have actually sat down and learned SQL. They're, they're getting into the database. They're running reports. They're self-sufficient and can turn around to that customer and say, you know, here's, here's like an average pricing of what you could be looking at. Obviously, it's very scrubbed. It's very yeah. sensitive. We're not in, in the business of revealing Cherry. sensitive data, yeah. but we are in the business of making your business better, and a lot of our customer experience, are starting to become much more consultative and building a deeper relationship uh, with these brands that we want to be a part
0: of our ecosystem for a long, long time. That is excellent use of technology right there, because it allows people to be more efficient in pricing, making sure that they get to market, making sure it's, um, it's it makes sense for everybody on either side, quite mm-hmm. literally. The data that you are getting from your suppliers, how is that data transferred from supplier to customer? Like, How deep can you get with the information that's supplied in the products?
1: So, where we stand today is as a shopper on LeafLink, you can pull up a product, you can see the manufacturing details, you can see the product images, you can then get into the cannabinoid breakdowns, you can then get into the testing results if the seller has associated um, lab testing with it, uh, you can get into some of the details around batches. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at now. If it turns out that purchasing Um, managers, uh, retail shops, buyers on the platform are really looking for other dimensions to help make informed purchasing decisions. We'll Mm -hmm. start to explore that. Expand that. Um, where we're at now, though, is that really those those fundamentals of cannabinoid breakdown, some mm-hmm. of the terpene profiles. Yep. Uh, that's kind of where we stand, as well as like looking at some of the batch details that went into the specifics of what they're buying.
0: And those batch details help for product testing. If there's, God forbid, a recall or anything else, you can you can have that information within the system to be able to get that the, the, those products back.
1: Yeah, and that's that's at the heart of uh, Metric, right? Like yep. Metric will take care of the. The chain of custody, mm-hmm. uh, but certainly our information is really informative for, let's say, a tender who wants to log into LeafLink. They may not have the right to shop, mm-hmm. uh, but they can certainly review products and educate themselves on what went into that product, what its profiling is, and then be in a much, much stronger position to represent that brand and to sell that product to an end consumer. Excellent.
0: Excellent. Going on a little bit further, kind of near our 30-minute mark, where do you get your information in industry news? I mean, imagine your inbox is just so full and actually you probably are such a great source of industry news of trends uh, and macros. But beyond beyond your own information that you could see internally, what are a few websites or blogs that you check into or uh, trade shows or events that you go to or anywhere really you get your news? First and foremost,
1: it's the team. Mm -hmm. There's so many layers that are interacting with the industry in very different ways that they are hands down. LeafLink's team is hands down like the best, quote unquote, reporters or journalists in Mm -hmm. the field. Uh, Some of the information tidbits, uh, insight, forward thought, forward thinking, um, concepts that come into the team every day. is just extremely invigorating, I guess, on a more formal A more formal answer would be that on our Slack, which is a group chat technology, we do have a news channel and people just post whatever they find interesting. I can't point to one specific source that really gives me everything I need. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on the similar side, on the technology and product side, it's a lot of uh, blog posts. It's a lot of medium posts. It's a lot of... um, Uh, Things forwarded it to me by people on the product and engineering team Uh, It's a lot of magazines. It's a lot of books to make sure that we're building the the best system that we can Excellent. Excellent.
0: Here's a non-techie question. What do you currently need from the universe besides probably more free time?
1: I don't know. Maybe it's (laughs) not to get too philosophical. but Maybe it's to know what I need from the universe Uh, (laughs) um, There's really nothing I'm, I'm in dire need of except for continuing to have more and more talented people Um, working uh, for the same cause that we're trying to do every day here at LeafLink. I think that's really the one thing that's always in high, high demand, is just finding people you wanna be a part of this rocket ship, finding people that, you believe in that believe in you that fit culturally and then also have just a unique skill set that they can really bring into this industry and help stabilize it uh that that's me praying to the universe i
0: like that well i i checked out a number of different you had a number of open positions on on your website um are, are there from a technology point of view are there roles that you're having a hard time filling uh, whether it be a stigma still within people wanting to work for the cannabis industry, it, I mean, we're in New York; we're literally a block away from the the stock exchange. Um, is that a, is that an issue, or what are what are some of the skills that you're having a hard time getting the right people for?
1: The industry is no longer an issue. Yep. I mean, maybe it comes up now and then, but it, compared to three years ago, yep. not an issue. In fact, it's kind of turning into more of an um, a, a benefit. Is yeah, it, is, it,
0: we, is it is it uh, is it sexy now?
1: It's starting to become a bit sexy. It's certainly has that glean of entrepreneurship and I think it'll continue to, to be positioned that way as as the industry forms, as you see very talented people continue to step into it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say we're struggling with any specific roles outside of the fact that we are critical about who we hire. We don't just want to bring in anyone. So sometimes yep. it's like, ah, oh, this person is so close to being who we need, but we, we can't settle. Um, and so no, no specific role hard, uh, has sure. a hard uh, challenge to it. Uh, they all do when you're looking for really, really talented people.
0: For listeners, either for people who are just curious about the company, for people who are uh, curious either on the buy side or the sell side, what are some of the best ways to to initially reach out to you guys and, and connect?
1: Definitely hit us up on social media. Feel free to reach out on LinkedIn. Uh, feel free to, if you uh, have a great resume and you want to let it shine, shoot it over to uh, jobs at leaflink.com. Check out our career boards if you're interested in us from a uh, professional standpoint i think between all those channels you'll somebody will definitely pick it up on the other end mm-hmm. um, and know what to do with it cool uh
0: any uh, are you active on social media at all i uh, any, any personal handles you want the people to follow
1: oh uh, uh i've never <laughs> i've never been on facebook i've never done any of that good so, for you man the man
0: good for you got that's nothing. totally fine cool uh anything else that you want to add before we, we wrap things up today i really appreciate your time coming on
1: no, this is great. I really appreciate your time as well. Uh, really pumped for the industry. Really pumped for what we're doing here. And I think, uh, you know, as as we begin to look at the industry and continue to take it uh, as a serious the serious opportunity that it is from an economic standpoint, from a career growth standpoint, from a uh, from a job placement standpoint. Uh, it's just tremendous to see how far it's grown over the last few years. And it blows my mind to think where well, we'll all be in just a few more years oh, in yeah. terms of a, an industry and how it's positioned for the United States and maybe perhaps the rest of the world. So Definitely the all good things.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, Zach, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Lit Up, Big Ideas in Cannabis Technology and Innovation. I'm your host, Brian Weber. As always, see our show notes for links to everything we discussed today. If you received any value from today's show at all, any value at all, literally taking 15 seconds to, one, share with your friends who would like this, and two, leave a review in iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music, or wherever you get your podcast from. Every five-star review helps us to bring the best guests to the show. It's really important. Thank you in advance. You can also reach us at feedback at litupcannabis.com. We're not just in your podcast app. Please follow and interact with us, our guests, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at Lit Tech. We'll be announcing upcoming guests and follow up with our guests to your questions. Please say hi and share with your friends. It is my goal to be transparent with you on promotional consideration for the show. You're smart. You know these cost time and money to make. Promotional consideration will be made apparent along with any possible conflicts related to investment.